time to take a look at your portfolio, particularly for the younger folks, how to do your asset allocation. That's why we bring in Andrew Smith, co-founder, chief investment strategist at Delos Capital Advisors. Let's talk about asset allocation, particularly for the younger investor. What should they be thinking about when they're trying to allocate their assets? Give us a little glimpse into that. Yeah, definitely. So asset allocation, as we know, drives 90 to 100 percent of portfolio returns and how we actually look at it from not just a younger client, but from an institutional client, ultra high net worth client. We look at it based on cash flows and lifestyle risk. And that's basically the mental accounting or behavioral lens aspect. And so we start with the basic foundation is, hey, how much does it cost for a young investor, large investor, medium sized investor to live their lifestyle? And we want investors to allocate capital that really goes into how much money it takes per month for a duration of three to six months to have set aside into high quality investments. And those high quality investments typically don't gyrate as much as we see within the equity markets. And that could be high quality short duration treasuries, inflation protected bonds, investment grade credits. And by doing that, that allows the rest of capital go into retirement assets. And retirement assets, we can take more aggressive approaches and treat it almost like its own ancillary fund and grow capital over time by taking proper bets within market segments. And we don't have to worry about the volatility or gyration and use those assets at depressed prices to fund lifestyle expenses because we've already got that covered within that risk control bucket. So when you talk about lifestyle assets, then you have retirement assets. Um, explain, I know you just explained a little bit of it, but what would be a real lifestyle asset? What does that mean? Yeah, yeah so lifestyle asset really comes down to, hey, how much does it cost to fund my life if I lose my job, right? So we, we look at it as disaster scenarios. So COVID is the best example, right? A lot of people were furloughed. A lot of people stayed home. There was a lot of layoffs. So by having money put aside, we know, hey, my lifestyle's covered and I can pull out of that sub portfolio to cover those expenses while my risk asset portfolio, I don't have to degradate or jeopardize as it tries to compound long-term returns, right? We also saw during March, we had one of the fastest drawdowns ever. So if you lose your job and then you also see your investments draw down 33%, you don't wanna sell those asset prices at depressed prices, why? because they had the fastest recovery on record. And so we know that if we look at lifestyle assets using those treasury bonds or inflation protected bonds or investment grade credits that don't really move in same correlations as equity prices, we can use those to consume our lifestyle expenses in the short term that help mitigate our cost of living throughout time. Right, and so these lifestyle assets are more stable, you would say, and then the retirement assets could be a little more risky, particularly if you're a young person, right? So those would be things that you would hope would generate more over time, right? Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, that's exactly right. So the risk control is how we call it, right? Those are stability-based assets. But the risk asset side now, it lets investors have a little bit more fun. It lets investors experience the volatility that we typically get within equity markets. Even though volatility has been a little different so far this year, given what the Fed has done, it allows us to sit there and say, hey, I want to place capital towards a Tesla. I want to place capital towards a DoorDash. I want to place capital towards a Bitcoin. And it allows you to have those opportunities that are still need to be calculated, but put into that risk asset portfolio that hopefully will generate long-term capital returns 
but allows you to not behaviorally sell, right? So the Dalbar study is one of the best behavioral studies we've seen out there. And what it does, it tells us is that the average equity investor underperforms the market only because they sell at the wrong times. And why do they sell at the wrong times? Is because their asset allocation isn't properly designed to cover their lifestyle expenses and they get too emotional. So the risk asset bucket allows us Hey, let volatility ride. Let us let it do what it needs to do. And then we can hopefully enjoy those returns through retirement or we can sell and take those profits and reinvest into something else that we find most beneficial at that point in time. Yeah, you use the COVID example and you talk about lifestyle assets. I mean, what we're really talking about is life and putting money aside for emergency that is liquid and accessible to you and that you won't have to take out with a penalty, right? I mean, you basically, maybe you need the money now and you don't wanna be losing your money. And this is what you're talking about when you say sell at the wrong time, maybe the market's down and then you rush to sell. What's your final thought about the next year or two? We have the changing of the administration, the market. This week was down, but last week it was hitting highs across the board, really. How are you feeling? Um, what's the sentiment like and how important is that to the long-term play? Yeah, definitely. So within that risk asset bucket, that retirement bucket, we, we've we obviously, as you know, we've been talking a lot about the business cycle recovery. So we've been very bullish on the markets. But today we've been a little more, you know, pulled back, a little bit more reserved since December. We've talked about a pause that refreshes with our clients. And that's really because valuations have gotten extremely extended. But with that being said, we really think exposures towards those cyclicality sectors proved to be the winners over this year with valuations at extreme highs, with tech dominating market, you know, sector weights. We think exposures to energy, financials, materials, uh, industrials, those will prove to be the plays as the global synchronized recovery unfolds throughout 2021. And we've seen that so far this year. Energy and financials have been one of the best performing sectors year to date, and they actually have been some of the best performing sectors, energy, financials, industrials, materials, since May 1st, when we saw the recovery in leading economic indicators. And we think that will last until 2022 or end of 2021. Right. Andrew, thank you so much. Good conversation. And we'll have to continue to wait and see here what happens. Andrew Smith, co-founder, chief investment strategist at Delos Capital Advisors. Some advice for the near term and the long term.